Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What up? What's happening? Just a touch of technical difficulties there. Getting this plane off the ground. It's the DNVR DNBA show from DNVR Nuggets, part of DNVR and the All City Network, baby. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, where you can win a bunch of money. But we'll talk to you more about that later. I got to introduce our panel. There is plenty to discuss today. Josh Kroenke did, in fact, speak with the media after testing ne- negative for COVID, we will give you the details. We will react to the details. With me today, of course, Adam and Harrison, um, still not a part of the crew. Nope, still fired. Still fired. <laughs> That's D-Line Co., also known as Eric Company. That's right, guys. Um, I was not part of this. I am very eager to hear about this as well. I'm testing negative for the Denver Nuggets. I've been very negative about the Denver Nuggets. So I'm, I'm very eager to hear your thoughts and react in real time. Yeah, um, we'll we'll talk about the overall tone, the details, the, the the quotes themselves at the presser with me today. So the right guy to have on the show, it's superstar Dev. Uh, it was uh, it was interesting, um, very interesting. Um, just to let everyone know, um, I did not go back. So this is like on the first time, and it was there live. So you're doing a lot of things. You're tweeting. Yeah. You're asking the questions. You're like retaining all of the information. So it's a lot going on. So. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm going to misquote, but I would just uh, paraphrase from what I, what I heard. I've got a lot of transcription here, so I can, I can keep us on the tracks in terms of details as best I can. But yeah, obviously a quick transition. We'll try to cover it all. Dev, let's just start on broader terms. How would you describe the mood, the vibe of that presser, the energy that Josh was bringing in the presser that, that he held, that he called for? Yeah, um, on the vibes, uh, we're gonna we're gonna start at male form corner. Oh, um, finally, Josh looks like a, a super villain. And Whoa, <laughs> yeah, and and it was interesting for him to like already come in with that. Like, um, you you already had your ideas about him going into this. There was like a lot of, I feel like it was a setup. Like there wasn't gonna be a lot of things that he could have said that would have made you feel a lot better. So he was gonna be the villain no matter what. But yeah. then he came in with the look. Yeah, and I was like, uh oh. It is going to be one of those days, and it and it was. Yeah, I, I kind of respect it, really. Like, he's really gone. Like, I described it earlier. He looks like Jack from Twitter. It's crazy. Like, he, this, this beard of his is, like, <clears throat> immense. It's full Mission Impossible villain. And he played the role of the villain today, just as certainly symbolically, it was a presser that 
well, it was kicked down the road a bit by some negative COVID tests, but this was a sore subject for fans and media and, and not just one subject. I should say we touched on many things, not just Tim, the Comcast part of things, uh, potential new plans for an upgrade to a practice facility, the Calvin Booth era. I thought, I thought uh, he was a bit bitter today. Honestly, I th well, let's start with his opening statement. Uh, first of all, he's happy for Tim Connolly. Of course, he got an amazing opportunity. And he said, I think back in 2013 when I hired him, I kind of took some flack. So it's funny to be catching some flack with him now on the way out. This is his opening statement. He hasn't fielded a question yet, Dev, and I felt like he was already uh, on the defensive. Yeah, it was great for him to like set the tone, especially on the timing, like um, just to give like an overall uh, feel for it. Um, this presser was supposed to happen last week, um, got pushed back, uh, you know, because he tested positive. Um, so it was a couple of things already brewing um, for people. The Tim Connolly news, um, not, you know, speaking about Calvin Booth and, and things like that. And, and also that we haven't seen him in five plus years. So this is the first time that, you know, media got to actually speak to him. And, I, you know, a lot of people try to say that media does not give him hard questions or media does not grill or it's a lot of softballs. I'll tell you right now, there was not softballs that was thrown to him today. And um, there was a lot of pressure that was added from media. Um, and he had to answer those questions. Um, so I even want to talk about the tone. It was great to see media give him those. And he had to actually um, respond, reply, yep. and actually think on the spot. And you've seen that like uh, at times. That's what I appreciated about him holding this presser. Now, yeah. I don't want to give him too much credit for what I perceive as the bare minimum. But, and I didn't think his answers were great today. But Eric, as a fan, were you at least felt when he announced that he wanted to hold this press conference, or the team did, yep. did you at least felt you were thrown a very, very small-sized bone that you at least deserve answers? Well... It was, I mean, yes, in the sense that the bone is the bone. It was more like I was thrown shelter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, yeah, this yeah. was not a treat. This right. was like, <laughs> I am allowed to stay alive as a, as a Nuggets fan. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, th th this uh, is not coming from a place of like, oh, just want to kind of update you guys on what's going on, our future plans, what we're kind of viewing. I mean, this came as an absolute like requirement because the fan base is just absolutely on the edge. Right. We don't know what any of this means. We are in such a place where um, we, you know, collectively are sort of feeling like the window is wide open. Um, you know, the only thing that can really screw up uh, what we've sort of put in place is sudden and unforeseen change, which yeah. we have been given. So this is a, this, I mean, this has to happen. So I, I feel like fine, but I don't feel like it was, we've a got a new, uh, new fan in the chat. Sorry, oh, what's up you from off. the Riviera Maya. Uh, we look, we love our fans checking in from all around. The I world, know, you dude. Know? Uh, uh, next time, chat. next time, if you want us to, um, acknowledge your comment, go ahead and get, throw us a super chat there. <laughs> what it was it? Harrison. 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 <laughs> Well, let's get into some of the more specifics <laughs> of what Josh actually said. He was asked just how hard did he fight uh, to keep Tim? And he said, I fought as hard as I could. When he went up to Minnesota to have a conversation with Glenn Taylor, A-Rod, Mark Lohr, the context was the term equity was being thrown around a lot. I didn't really understand it because it can mean so many different things in the world of business. But from the very start, Tim said, if there's some sort of equity upside, then I have to consider it for my family. And Josh said, okay. 
He went on to say Tim was under contract. The offer kind of came through the side door, as they always seem to do in the NBA. Once those types of numbers are being thrown around and get into someone's head, it becomes very difficult. I felt that we made a very competitive offer. Ultimately, he felt that some of the upside there on the back end were probably too good to pass up for his family. Dev, your immediate reaction to that quote, I mean, there's a lot you could touch on in there, but what's just sort of the first thing that jumps out as you when you, when you hear that response? Uh, the word equity was like thrown around a lot of times before there was a follow-up question of what really did that mean? Um, just because of with Tim Connolly's uh, contract, we didn't really know how much equity was. And um, Kroenke went on to actually say um, he didn't know too yeah. much what that still meant doesn't yep. as well. And he said that that's just kind of part of it. He does not know um, specifically what was you know thrown out there. He did say that um, they did have conversations uh, surrounding it. And he kept on bringing up the side door comment, which I right. think was like really interesting because it wasn't a straightforward um, type of thing. But for him to you know keep on talking about equity and in it to get into that, I think that that was him um, showing us uh, another side that he did not specifically know completely. Um, but also that means that it was going to be difficult for him to match, or at least he did not know what he was going to be uh, what, what he was going to be able to match with. Um, so I was glad that someone did finally ask what what did that mean. I thought it was interesting, Eric, that he said the side door comments because this is not new. Yep. They, Washington approached him. Tim was in an option year here when they approached him. So I'd certainly leaving the side door open. And the Masai, the Masai situation, which Josh did state today explicitly, was very different. Did not elaborate how, just said it was different. It still also happened. So yeah. he says the side door thing, but could he really be surprised by that? Well, it's, I mean, he, of all people, understands that he is working in an industry that is based 100% in competition. Like you don't have to always approach. I mean, this is like the way that the uh, that warfare used to be conducted, where two armies would line up and there would be a band and a fife player, and they would march with honor towards one another and fight. And then you know people figured out like, oh, you can kind of flank and you can kind of. There are other tactics you can use in a industry where there can be only one winner, and um, it just you know like that's like a little to me. I hear that I'm like. Yeah, that's how it works. Like people are trying to win, right? Like you, you can't ignore. You can't just like think that there's just a level playing field, and people will sort of adhere to these uh, good faith rules of uh, of engagement. Um, so I mean, that, yeah, like I mean, what do we what do we talk about here? The side door, like <laughs> he's expecting that Mark Lore and, and right. Alex Rodriguez are going to call Josh Kroenke and be like, "Hey, is it cool if we take the guy that uh, built your team?" <laughs> well, it's also the third time someone's tried to enter your house through the side door. Like. <laughs> Lock it. You yeah, know? Maybe there's, yeah. is, and are I, we sure there's a door there? Yeah. <laughs> and, an and I wall. think that that's the main point. You, you can't be frustrated, you know, if they both threw out an offer and one offer was more. The point that it got to this point, that's where it stands out the most. There was other times that there was people like creeping through the side door, looking in your window where you're like, you know what? We're going to, you know, we're going to build a fortress or we're going to protect this guy so we don't have to worry about that. So it should never get here. Um, to this point where now you're going to you, you lose them. And then words like equity, where you don't even understand where that comes from, um, goes into play. He went on to keep saying how they're friends. And then there's also business. So those are two different relationships that you had where right. you could ask what's going on or, you know, 
if you're that close, you could say, what do we have to do to keep you around? So uh, yeah. he, he went on to talk about it. I'm sure we're going to get to that part. But he went on to say that if he would like if he had a chance to redo it again, he would have redone it again. And he feels that Tim would have redone it um, again as well. That they both have some regrets is what he yeah. said. Oh, so, Eric, I, the part where he says um, once those types of numbers are being thrown around and they get into someone's head, it becomes very difficult. Now, the chat's rea chat reaction and my reaction as well is. Well, was there something you could have done preemptively before those numbers got in his head? Like, for example, putting your own numbers in his head. Yeah. A better deal. And look, they weren't going to offer whatever the equity is, which they don't even seem to know. But Tim was on a underwhelming deal approaching an option. So he talks about now he's got to try to make an appealing offer in comparison to these numbers that are now in Tim's head. But couldn't Josh have put different numbers in his head to stay here yeah, no. earlier, you know, and not just not just about this negotiation to keep Tim, but the work that could have been done earlier to keep him around as they're willing to do with with players and player yeah. salary. There's something to also the idea that um, clearly something about the way that business is conducted, the structure is set up like people don't have that feeling of like inclusion and ownership over this team when they are in like inherently involved in its construction like the fact that t that uh, tim could be lured away sort of says that he didn't like he saw this obviously as like the Cronkies team he was sort of working as a cog in it but it was there's not like that feeling of like this is me this is my like and and a lot of that comes from the idea that what you're talking about like he's you know he's not paid in the way that he's not uh of other executive he's immediately like because of the way that they brought uh tim Connolly on the way he discussed like p he was given flack because they did hire a, a virtual unknown in this world and with that we're able to pay him you know essentially like a rookie scale contract um, and they just like never kind of went back to that. Like it, it's clear that he didn't sort of grow with his success. Um, so that's the difficult part. Like this, it, because this is a clear pattern we see happening over right. and over again. It's like, okay, so like, what are you guys doing wrong? Like why, like the, the, the general manager of the Celtics, for example, like don't, they don't just like walk away. Like they get pushed out, but they don't. You can't lure them away, right? Like, sure. Vote. Can you uh, can you go into because there was a time where um, Josh started speaking about um, you know other billionaires, and then you went on to say, but you're also a billionaire. We'll get to, we'll get there for <laughs> I, sure. I want to get there. I do think there were some good follow ups about uh, Mike Singer of the Denver Post asked. You guys recently extended Michael Malone. Why not also extend Tim with him in that moment? You know, so much talk about his organizational alignment in Denver. So here is Josh on not extending Tim. He, he takes the timeline back. The Wizards came for Tim several years ago. Part of those discussions were, look, he would come back to Denver. We weren't going to give him exactly what Washington, what Washington was going to pay him. But through bonuses and very achievable bonuses, he'd be able to achieve that and then some. So a little details there on the Washington deal. Um, yeah, they sweetened the offer for Tim, but even that deal is not something they went ahead and, and matched. It wasn't quite the same deal. It was more incentive-based. Um, now, here's the part that I absolutely hated. Me being the guy that I am, and Tim being my friend, I said, if they offer you a five-year contract, I will we'll offer you a five-year contract. But let's look at the average at the end of three years and see where we are, and we all feel good about it. So I put that contract in there, never anticipating that he'd opt out 
and go to another NBA team. That's what happened. There was an option in his contract, and he took it. This bothers me for several reasons. First of all, I will stop short of saying throwing Tim under the bus, but it's certainly, this is, there is a lot of, this was Tim's choice. Tim took that option, the option that I gave him as a friend. And here's the deal. The reason that option needed to be in that contract was because both parties knew he was being underpaid to begin with. <coughs> so if that first deal is sweet enough, you don't need that option. Secondly, once you put it in there, you absolutely cannot be surprised that a team would come in and swoop him up and he would decline that option, especially after he was just pursued by a team in his hometown. Yep, 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 and yep, yep. and there was time in between then and now to upgrade this contract. So I didn't buy that at all, Dev. Yeah, there was so many opportunities and that's what he's kind of saying. And also he made it seem as if he was doing him a favor. I tell you, and I think that yep. that's, you know, probably where it rubbed him Connolly the wrong way. Um, this is a, a prideful person who has had success and he's found success. And you want to be p paid for that success. That's like human nature um, for anyone. This is also the NBA where, um, you know, you're, you're around NBA players. You're around millionaires. And also there's a thing with guaranteed money and then also these incentives. He feels as if he's done enough throughout his time here where you don't have to have those incentives to, to throw in. You think I'm good enough? Prove it to me. If you feel yeah. as if we're friends, pay me as such. Yeah. You're throwing in these incentives and you're also throwing in all these offers where, like you just said, you understand that you're underpaying me. If we have both have that under uh, agreement, then pay me for that. Yeah. And we don't have to get to that point. And then with the Washington offer, it's like, hey. And, and now you can even look back in the hindsight and say, maybe that was an offer just to see how much they care about you or to see how serious of an organization they are um, for you. Like, where do you stand? So he probably looks back at that and says, they didn't care. You know, and, and that's me speaking on my own personal. I, you know, I'm not saying that, but that's what it feels like is yeah. like a, they, they didn't care for you. So now you have to look out for yourself. Yeah. It's like the type of thing where it's like, these two people talking in this world, like Josh Kroenke and Tim Connolly, are talking in Josh Kroenke's mind on equal footing. But like Josh Kroenke has one hundred beans, <laughs> just a big pile of beans, a hundred of them, and Tim has like a bean. And we're like, he's like, oh, hey, what's the problem? We we all got beans here, right? And he's like, bro, I. <laughs> We're not the same. Like you, the scale of like what you're talking about, the and why I should feel comfortable with what I'm given is not, is is so bizarre coming from somebody with so many beans. <laughs> and it, it's framed as it was Tim's choice to leave, which is technically true. But again, I would argue by a lack of due diligence in putting the proper deal on the table to begin with. Yes, he didn't give Tim much of a choice. As like, he can told I have, like, you, he has to do right by his family if this offer's on the table. So maybe he doesn't get to equity. Um, but is there? here's the deal. Here's what we know, bottom line. We can say this explicitly. <coughs> Tim did not want to leave. So by right. virtue of the fact he left, something, something fell short. Something was not met. We'll move on. Uh, Matt Moore asked a great question about the team's willingness to invest in players but so far not the front office. And he said, can you elaborate on just sort of the team's philosophy on that? And he said, we will always have faith in our process here and the people we hire. Ready for it? We're very proud of the Avs right now. We're very proud. The Rams won the Super Bowl. The Rapids atop of the Western Conference last year. Arsenal's coming. 
<sighs> Our model is to hire good people, provide them the resources they need to go and win. We've done a very good job at identifying young front office talent. Maybe too good. On the front end of, on the front end of this, I was told how dumb I was. This being hiring Tim. On the back end of it, I'm being told I'm an idiot for letting him go. Ultimately, when you go to the stratosphere that some, I'll say desperate clubs go to, that is a shot at the wolves, make no uh, mistake about it. Uh, ultimately, there's a stratosphere that some desperate clubs go to. There's a tier out there that just doesn't really make sense. When Tim said he was pursuing that, I understood. Because the Denver Nuggets are not a startup. We are a well-established small market org yep. with a stated goal of winning a championship. And that has not changed. We made a very competitive offer to Tim. Sometimes people will put things on the table where you just can't go. And again, fellas, the, that just begs the question, why wait now? Why wait until that offer went on the table? But also, Dev, some spicy owner talk there, some shots at another team. Yeah, you've seen it come full circle um, in this comment. You've seen him lash out. You've seen him give himself credit. You've seen him throw <laughs> shots. Like, really, this is this is where it comes full circle like because every night it's a decision that he <laughs> it's a decision that he made and he had to go through. Um, you know, I feel like he applied pressure everywhere besides just saying it's on me as well. And that's where he could have that's where he could have threw in that there were mistakes that were made and he would like to do it differently. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, Tim Connolly did what was best for him, what was best for his future. And it just keeps on going back to the the fact that it should not have gotten to that point where you don't have to get there um, for it at all. Yeah. It's cool. that I like The one thing I do like hearing uh, people that are actually in the know or people that are the know, which is Josh Kroenke, report back like how the organization works, what their philosophy is, and it's exactly as we've said. Like I feel good. Like we just we're we're observant. We're seeing from the outside exactly how this is run. Like, and he's right. This is what we keep saying. Like they really do get successful franchises that work and work well. It's just they don't. The thing is, is that they don't. They're not good about maintaining them. Yes, and 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 there was a different question today. Where in his answer, Josh ultimately said, "We do not have a red-haired stepchild in the KSC Sportsworg family." Yeah, but called, they do. It's called flat irons, right? But they do. They do. And, <laughs> that's, and that was the thing right. about, like, he had an, uh, when asked about the team's philosophy towards front office personnel, he talked about how well all of the other teams are doing right. that are not the Denver Nuggets. And this right. was a Denver Nuggets press conference. Spare yeah. me. And actually what you're telling me is that you can achieve success. Right. So a lack of success in Denver, let me follow the logic here. What can I trace this back to? You know, you just spent millions on a steal the draft commercial for the Rams. There's a red haired stepchild. That's a load of shit. Uh, <laughs> this question was about the Nuggets. His answer was about Arsenal and the Avs. I mean, I, so yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. He's like just defending their general their sure, general approach. They're and, yeah, they're they're like, listen, I I understand that I'm being painted as incompetent and yeah. that we don't know what we're doing and like, how could we let things get to this? But I like I you need to understand we do have successful uh, results in this world. It's just like I know you guys are pissed off about this. It's just you have to l see the larger force for the trees. But we don't care about that larger fucking yeah. force. We it, like the we're talking about the Nuggets, my guy. Any I will throw in. Exactly. That he did make one comment about this is a team that was just in the Western Conference Finals. Yes. So he did kind of throw that in at the end of this portion. That's true. I right. also think right. that right. one positive about this quote, um, especially going back to like the startup and thing, is to see how he views the Nuggets opposed to the Timberwolves, who I feel like they were just 
you know, neck and neck just a couple of years ago. And now he feels as if Denver has risen. So I think that is great for the, the ownership to just, you know, say that and to see it in a different light um, than just two teams being on the, the same level. That's a good point. He did say the Nuggets, ultimately. Um, and we will talk about his perspective on the team and where they're at. And where this isn't all just bemoaning the past. We've sort of broken this up to chunks. Um, on the equity, yeah, he elaborated and, and reiterated that he still doesn't quite know what that is. And he said, you'll have to ask him and you'll have to ask the Wolves. But I find that interesting because we're talking about what apparently is the difference between these two offers. I mean, five years, eight guaranteed is absolutely something that Stan Kroenke can match. And so as he just continued to describe the Wolves as a desperate franchise, and he talked about this offer as an offer, that is a lot of money. And this yep. is true. This is a big offer. I followed up and said, well, hang on. Don't you guys have a lot of money? So what was, what was the thing that put this over the top mm -hmm. to where you felt like it wasn't worth it? I felt like he dodged the question. I felt like he talked around it. I think we're ultimately talking about this equity thing. But again, I feel inclined to note that we're talking about something that he doesn't even fully understand. I, I just think that the Nuggets had the resources to put a actually competitive offer on the table or at least do it within a time frame that changes the perspective on these things. I don't, I don't, he told us multiple times that they put a very competitive offer together. I don't believe <laughs> it. I don't believe him, or at least not in time. Well, competitive is relative, right? I guess that's true. He, he, I'm, I'm sure that he's speaking like if, if there wasn't this like out of its mind, bonkers, desperate offer from the startup franchise, which is the Minnesota Timberwolves, in play, in relation to all other GMs across the NBA, this is in line with that. I'm sure that's what he meant by it, but. Uh, you know, we're going to, I mean, we'll get back to this over and over and over. The real failing here is just not making Tim Connolly feel as important as he actually is. Uh, that comes from all, ver I mean, in, in the world of business, you speak through money, um, but it doesn't always have to come down to that. You know, they're, they're, the fact that he could be got says everything. Right. Well said. That, that's just all there is. It's like the fact that he, like, you know, like if you are, you know, there's like a lot of attractive people in the world, mm -hmm. you know, and Are like you if, you're, if you're in a relationship that you where you feel loved and secure and hang on, he's next to you. Yeah. Don't Dev was once him. in a relationship where his lady could be got and she was oh, <laughs> because, it's happened. It's <laughs> because, because Dev was not wholly committed and did not make her feel like she was the only one. Um, <laughs> there are lots of very competitive offers out there. Me, for example. I mean, who knows what I could... <laughs> uh, Dev, don't, don't bring your girlfriend around me. But okay. the point is, is that um, if you are... If you have created an environment... And it's difficult because we're talking about emotional bond versus business bond. But there is a lot of family in the way that, that Josh Kroenke is describing how they are conducting business, particularly with Tim Conley and the Denver Nuggets, citing the fact that they were friends, citing the fact that, you know, he's proud about finding him, bringing him in. These are not business um, terms. These are not ways to right. talk it's about true. a business it's relationship. True. And so he is talking about it more from a familial and a emotional bond, and he did not make him feel loved, secured, and important. To that note, I do think Josh is taking this personally, the reaction to this, in a way that maybe Stan wouldn't, which I do think implies some level of passion or caring. 
I want to talk a little bit more about the the way he framed Minnesota's offer and maybe the juxtaposition of those two ownerships approach. Before we get into the Comcast situation, there was a comment on practice facilities. And, of course, Calvin Booth, small update there as well. Uh, let's get a quick break, though, fellas, because we got to talk to the people about Ivaca TV, which right now is get one of the, the best going. ways. I'm going to say it's the best way, besides coming to this bar to watch. Well, you can't watch the Nuggets right now, but you can watch the Colorado Avalanche chase that cup because Ivaca TV has services like Altitude Sports and AT&T Sportsnet. And more importantly, uh, well, yeah, it's available in Denver and Colorado Springs. That's why we're telling you. Don't miss the Western Conference Finals. God, the Avs are fun. I'm thinking they're going to the finals. Don't miss that either. Uh, go to ivaca.tv slash dnvr. Use the promo code dnvr. That's us. You'll get $10 off your first three months. That's only $15 per month for the first three months, plus receiver, no contract, no hidden fees. And while you are paying Ivaca to get the Nuggets back on your TV, maybe DraftKings will uh, put some of that money back in your pocket. If you know what you're doing, that is right now, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook, which is somewhere in the draft read, is offering this sweet deal. Download the promo, download this DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals. You'll get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hey, that's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 Seven zero zero. Did you say nude customers only? Um, did I? <laughs> Just curiously. When pointing out that Minnesota didn't really tell Denver if they were actually offering equity too. And that is a good point. Like this is a, you know, in terms of how do you match or put respond with an offer, I don't even think the Nuggets ever fully understood what the offer was. Um, I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse about the way they navigated it. But that's a point that should be understood. Dev, desperate franchise, a startup, the Denver Nuggets are not. Uh, but the Wolves seem aggressive right now. The Wolves seem to want to, to to elevate, to evolve from a seemingly desperate franchise to one of the big boys. What was your perspective on Josh's perspective on how the Wolves are operating? Um, Calling them desperate, like... Uh you know, in a way like that, I think it does make sense because this is a team that just has not been winning. They're a team that, <coughs> sorry, um, they just have a, a lot of questions to be asked. So you're supposed to think that um, the same way that the Lakers or someone else would think about Denver. Like, I really do feel like you're supposed to do those type of things for him to be so bitter and so angry at the time. And then for it to be so fresh, I think that's where um, you could put more emphasis on it. Um, because he's talking about these um, side side doors. He's talking about um, startup and being desperate and things like that. I think it has to do with the timing, because if he said that right after um, this season, they all are all in the same boat. So um, I, I do think that it's hitting him a little bit harder oh, than dude. what he's saying. Dude, he is he is scorned like he, he feels like a lover scorned. Um it's a bummer. I mean, it's it's it sucks, man. You gotta like you gotta you gotta make your feet. If you if someone's important to you, you gotta make them feel that way. It really just is how it boils down in every avenue of life. But also, I just don't know if I'm here for for the Nuggets taking some sort of high ground on the Wolves. I mean, you haven't played in a finals. 
you did draft an MVP, but the guy that drafted him is gone now. Well, I, I mean, it, I, like it the, just, one, the one thing I will say is that he is saying that the Wolves are acting in a manner as though they are a startup. They are willing to throw all caution to the wind. They are willing to make uh, because it's a new ownership group that has not been in the NBA. Sure. Right? So like they're coming in guns blazing, sort of like uh, wanting to make. Uh, a deal that people that have been around the NBA would not make. They're like, no, because they sort of like, no. Right. The, so that, I mean, th that is what I'm taking from this. Sure, season. sure. They, they are acting like they, they're acting like new money here. But he's aggressive, the same thing as desperate. And I certainly know this fan base is desperate for this ownership for group sure. to be aggressive. We would love them. Yeah, to because it's not just the Tim thing. They also just built a new training facility. They also gave Tim the commitment to spending, to making this a first class organization. What has Josh or the Nuggets or Stan done to stand up and say, we're not a startup. Yeah, you're right. You're just an unsuccessful. And he kept trying to paint the team as a small market team. Denver's not that small of a market. There's a perception of the Denver Nuggets as a small market because you refuse to invest in them. Yeah. I, who, who has the power to make the Nuggets seem like a bigger, uh, a more valuable product? And this like a more valuable market, if not the Cronkies. It's true. It, 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 and it, this is, again, is like the fact that you are dealing with an ownership group that has its fingers in many sports pies and they sort of like understand the larger landscape. And so they sort of act in a, an aloof manner that is does not uh, is not in accordance with the way that we value the Denver Nuggets. We look at the Denver Nuggets, um, Denver Nuggets fans feel about the Denver Nuggets. They're just I mean, it, it, this is what it comes down to when you have a conglomerate. Uh, that is the the Cronkies sort of True. in charge of everything is that they have the ability to remove emotion from all of these discussions when we're talking about the thing that is most emotional to a person like me. This is like the most emotional relationship I have in my life. The Denver Nuggets, like I scream at them. I care about them. They ruin my day. They make my life. And, you know, for someone to have such a cold approach to it that is just sort of not even calculated, but just um, transactional. It's very frustrating. So we got we got into that as well. I asked Josh if he believes in any particular owner or ownerships group's sense of obligation to a city Good. or actual obligation to a city beyond just owning and operating a business yes. in the traditional sense. Do you feel an obligation to build something that people of the city and the state can feel proud of? Yes. And he said yes. And he's he, like, no. And he said yes, and he called them community assets. They are. So I followed up and I said, do you believe your father is meeting that obligation? And he said, yes, absolutely. He cited the Avs operating at a loss. You know, a lot of pro teams operate at a loss. I, yet the owners still seem to have more money every year, and the team seems to be worth more every year. Um, he talked about the great loss that they're operating at with altitude right now. He basically cited how expansive his father's empire is in Denver and, and all the work he's done to keep it all on the tracks. But again, to me, like this misses this smaller point that he whiffed on, which is like, hey, man, if it's too much for you to handle, you know, having all of these different properties, sell one of them, particularly this one. You know, like, again, it goes back to the stepchild comment, which I'm not buying for a second. Uh, anyway. He did, he did uh, make a somewhat impassioned defense of his father's commitment, citing all the losses they operate at. You know, I don't really love hearing billionaires whinge about operating at a loss while their, like, value seems to go up every year. We only like to hear Katie whinge. <laughs> That's right. But, yeah, but uh, it was interesting for him to, you know, speak on 
first off, he like backed his his father. Like he really did back him in every single way and um, tried to paint a picture of you guys don't understand the financial aspects that we have to go through or the type of losses that actually do come with all of these type of things. So I do think that that gave you something to think about. Um, I mean, him being a billionaire, it, it we don't care. Honestly, <laughs> like, like that's just being like honest. Yeah. But at least he did try to paint that like that picture. And also, this is where I feel like he was like the most defensive um, throughout the entire yeah. um, conference because he wanted to say, I am trying or we are trying and we are doing um, things that also you guys speak about or you guys, you know, have asked about. And I feel like this is where he probably prepped the most going into this um, this presser um, just because it was more so around the financial aspects of it yeah. all. So I think that it was a, a great question. And um, while it wasn't the answer that um, that we wanted, I think it was the answer that he wanted to give. Sure. Or definitely I, the answer that Stan wanted to hear. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, I, I, I am trying on all of this to like, to sort of understand the perspective of Josh Kroenke and the Kroenke's in general on a lot of this, because we are very close to the Denver Nuggets. We um, are passionate. We about are them. very passionate We're about fans. them. I'm a fan. Yes, I love the Denver Nuggets. They've they, they they've shaped my adult life, and I love uh, giving my time to them. I love thinking about them and and focusing on them, and because I believe that they are uh, re- like returning that care and focus and investment in kind and if you feel like you know this is becomes a one-sided thing where you care more about the team than the team does then it becomes problematic it becomes difficult to follow a team um but i mean like just to his point like there is like that's true they are you know they are operating at a loss with uh, uh when it comes to altitude they are not just this is not pure profit for them um and the other thing is that the Nuggets, to this point, I would say were in a really great position. They were doing everything the right way. They were positioned in such a such a way that the, it felt it feels still as though the championship window is wide open. It's just that then this is a little bit of a uh, the curtain has been pulled pulled back, and then the uh, the wizard is is not maybe uh, operating as uh, calculated as maybe we thought. Mm. You know, it's sort of they. It, you sort of get the, the the hands-off approach that is clear that the current Kroenke organization runs with, because fr- frankly they have to. They can o- they're only like two guys really to to oversee all of these teams. They can only have so much focus on anyone at any given time, and that shows you like the greatest strength and the absolute greatest weakness of the organization is that if a team requires your attention, do you have it to give? And the answer is no. So, a couple of notes. I should also note at one point Josh Kroenke took an opportunity to clarify that he is not the owner. His dad is. Um, that is a fact. But also, I think, listen, it's something, it's it's a weird dynamic. We've got Josh up here answering for decisions that I'm not entirely sure to what extent they were right. his. Um, or versus were the he Yeah, like the when, final you, when people or... ask you about this show and you're like, I don't know why yeah, Eric dude. said that. I, I don't, don't like. I don't know why Eric said that. I don't know. I'm sorry. Ask Adam. <laughs> like I just, I don't know. I don't know why he used that word. I agree. It's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, he was asked about if his if his presence in Denver and if his level of engagement will change at all now that Tim's gone, and you know didn't get too much into specifics, but did say yes. 
that this is a period of transition and he thinks it's important yeah. for, uh, you know, so I, I guess he wouldn't say ownership because he's not the owner, but him to be there during that period of transition. Let's move on to the Comcast situation. There were a lot of questions about getting the team on TV. Just going to let you know right now, none of these <laughs> answers are going to make you feel that great. But the questions were asked. Buckle up, people. Um, he said from the start that, you know, they're in an ongoing lawsuit with Comcast. So he has to choose his words very carefully. Only say so much. On Comcast, I am equally as frustrated as the fans are, if not more so. Hmm. We're in the middle of an active lawsuit with Comcast, so I have to choose my words carefully. The landscape of media is changing more rapidly than it ever has. Distribution is changing more rapidly than it ever has. In the world of television, Altitude is not a big, big guy. It's been very tough, but our primary concern is we want to make it available to all of our fans. I can't give a time frame on that. We are working very hard. Yeah. Eric, you're a fan. What do you think? <sighs> Here is, do you guys know about capitalism? Capitalism is a rough little biz if you have your emotions wrapped up in it. What's happening when it comes to Comcast is that uh, we are entering late stage capitalism whereby every business is ultimately going to merge into one business. Comcast is in a position where they control the stream and they are trying to cut off all of the people that are contributing to the stream. They want to be the people that make the content and deliver the content because that is a closed loop and they can make an unbelievable amount of money of it, money from it. And so they are offering the Cronkies a like disgustingly low figure to continue to carry their sports network on and distribute it. So the Cronkies are in a place because they do not have distribution themselves where they are reliant on somebody who's trying to choke them out because they want, they themselves want to be the, the, the network that shows the nuggets and has the nuggets post game and has all things nuggets. The Cronkies want to have tell their own story with their own network, which is sort of a, a unique situation in the history of sports. These RSNs are like not the way that sports have typically operated. Like you don't have, the, I, I I think it started with the Yes Media, the Yankees Entertainment, uh, whatever it is. Like, and now other like the Cronkies saw that they were like, oh cool, we can have the team and we can have the media. That's a great no, no, another little close to a closed loop scenario. But they don't have the distribution, which means they are reliant on somebody who now is trying to kill them. So all that to say, <laughs> this is incredibly frustrating. The Cronkies are in a position where if they accept the deal that's been given to them, they are establishing a precedent whereby they could never be profitable again. So I hate the scenario, the situation more than anything, but what it comes down to is just, again, the Cronkies have too many things they're paying attention to at one given time, and ultimately they're not paying attention to anything. So they put themselves in these situations where they are vulnerable <laughs> and it's terrible. So, and, and, and both Comcast and the Cronkies are using the fans as leverage. That's true. Dev, on the element of him being equally as frustrated as the fans are, if not more so, do you buy that? Do you think fans want to hear that right now? I think he said what he was supposed to say completely. Um, but I will say that I do. I'm not going to buy it. He's not as upset, of course, as the fans. Like, he gets to watch the games. They don't. Um, and also, they're looking at him and saying just – just eat it eat eat the eat the money but also what went on 
what he went on to say is what actually like kept me around to like okay now he does like kind of understand or at least has it has an understanding of what's happening is he started talking about when the avalanche did win it you know a long time right, ago right he, he went on to talk about how um the fans are still fans based off of that time or that's how you build those type of um, fan bases yep. is from those type of things. So for him to have the acknowledgement and to just still speak on that when talking about something that's happening right now, it goes to show that he does have an understanding, or at least he has had the thought of you do have to get those young fans. You do oh have to God. keep everyone around and also interested in what's happening right now. And he kept on alluding to having, you know, Nikola Jokic, who has, is the back-to-back MVP, having um, the Avs that have a chance to win it all again right now and not having the opportunity for every fan in Colorado to become more or bigger fans. Um, so while I don't completely buy it, I do understand that. I really do feel like he would like an answer, at least to not have this happen sure. right now. And listen, I fully acknowledge, despite however critical I'm willing to be of ownership, that Comcast is putting them in a tough spot. I believe that. Dude, but antitrust and collusion. I think one of the issues, again, it's kind of like the Tim thing. You know, we're talking about things at a breaking point, but what work was done to avoid breaking points or to have alternatives in place? He did talk about a streaming solution. Here's what we got for you. They've had talks. They're, they're not quite there yet. So more kicking the can down the road on, on Comcast. Dude, we set up a, an Avaca TV channel like a weekend. Yeah, I don't listen. <laughs> what I, are you I, doing? I'm going to just be that guy that says, I don't know what the answer is, but I'm willing to believe there is one. And you've given yeah, us dude. nothing. And we bought, us nothing. Yeah, we bought uh, an internet connection and we made a network. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. Beers are on top and regular seltzers are being sold in the bar. We love Breck Brews, particularly that Avalanche Amber Ale. I'm going to call it the classic, the original. Don't oh. even know if that's true. What's better than the Avs scoring two goals in the first period? How about a free beer with your two goals? On game days, start your Avs game with an Avalanche Amber Ale at any bar, particularly this one, though, because we love you. And save that receipt. If the Avs score two or more goals in the first period, Breck Brew will pay for your beer via rebate. Just upload your receipt on breckbrew.com. Check them out. There's no better way to support DNVR than by supporting our friends. And Breck Brew, they're still Colorado, baby. And you better believe that they are our friends. <laughs> Speaking of friends, my friend Eric loves to eat pizza. And one of his oh. favorite places to get pizza is from Sexy Pizza. You want to know why? Because I'm so sexy. Because Eric's so sexy because he feels <laughs> sexy when he eats it. And he rubs it all over himself. You know, we've had oh, sexy pizza so sexy. at every Broncos tailgate, and it's delicious. And with the Avs in the Stanley Cup playoffs, we have a special discount offer for the homies starting June 2nd. Hey, that was yesterday until June 12th. Our fans can get 15% off their entire order using the promo code DNVR Avs. What's well, one word? Oh, DNVR Avs. DNVR Avs. And uh, we encourage you to order sexy pizza and say, look, I'm throwing a little home Avs watch party here. You want to help us out? You got a pizza? You got a pizza you can give me? Uh, and they're going to have pizza for you. Order online. Get 15% off your order. Go to www.sexy.pizza. That's www.sexy.pizza. Use the promo code DNVRAVS. This offer is available June 2nd through June 12th. Get sexy by eating pizza. <laughs> Dude, uh, Sexy Pizza, one of the only places in Denver that like really get it when it comes to pizza. That is actually true. I'm really pizza snobby. I know. Brennan's from the East Coast. Have you guys heard? He's tormented by the Celtics. He loves pizza, and he has bad opinions, but he loves, uh, he does recognize what good pizza is, so. Good pizza. Um, the best bagel I've had in Colorado, Grand Lake, by the way. If you're oh. in Grand Lake, check out the new bagel joint. 
Okay, so I did not feel particularly satiated with regards to Comcast, but I wasn't expecting much. I suppose it is true that he's in an active lawsuit. They're trying is still the message. There was a question about a new facility, and I will give you the answer before I add an important detail. I gotta find it though, and I should have been prepared. Sure. This is why we miss- That's true uh, a lot of times. Most times I do something with you. This is why we miss Adam all of the time. <laughs> He said, there are plans in place to build a facility that will not only make the Nuggets and Avalanche players proud, but also the city of Denver proud. Now, here's the deal. Josh also said that there were plans on the table in 2017. The last time he spoke with media on the record, I believe, fact check me on that, 99% sure that's correct. It's been five years. They haven't built them yet. <clears throat> so Ryan Blackburn <clears throat> wisely followed up and asked, is are these plans something that the current iteration of the Nuggets and Av will be able to uh, to see the fruits of that labor? Josh's answer was pro was probably. He's like, does anyone have a twenty year contract? That's the plan. That's the plan. So there is a plan, Dev. It sounds to upgrade facilities. Obviously, there was something that was leaked back online. I think a few months back, but it's still just a plan. Um, and he said this five years ago. Are you buying it this time? I am not buying it. Um, I'm actually glad that Ryan Blackburn did have that follow up to try to see if basically without asking straight up, like, is it going to happen anytime soon? Yeah. Like that was the the, the, the great way to say that. Um, he even went on to say it's a good question. <laughs> but um, for him to say probably instead of like a definitive answer, especially after having so long of not putting your money there or not talking about it or anything like that. I don't see it happening. And then also, once it does not happen, then what? You could just do the same <sighs> thing. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming soon. Do you want my read on this? Yeah, of course, dude. The Cronkies don't look at Ball Arena as a long-term uh, play. The Cronkies are looking to move the team somewhere, and so they don't want to build a practice facility for I the teams this. that are playing there. They would like to invest it when they build the new arena. I... I, this is my first time hearing or thinking about this, but I believe that it, there's no reason they couldn't just get something built. If they, they built the most elaborate um, NFL arena in uh, really no time flat. It's a spaceship. It's a spaceship, and it, it, it was complicated, and it was built in L.A. Um, so to me, I'm seeing like, okay, they're waiting. Because I know f for a fact they are currently looking to redevelop that entire area that they own, which includes the current Eliches and uh, that riverfront property in that area. They're looking to really make a big deal about that riverfront living area. Um, I guarantee that's it. That's what they're, that's, I mean, that's a long-term plan. Otherwise they could just easily build. They, if nothing else, they could revamp their current player are you, facility. Ray asks, are you talking, Eric, are you theorizing about knocking down the current arena or I, moving I think to I a different market? I, uh, no, like, not leaving for another market like building they there's been talks you've heard about like the broncos potentially moving out mm. towards where dick's sporting good park is there's essentially there is cheaper real estate that exists in the city of denver there's and there's very very profitable very valuable real estate that's currently being used by things that don't maximize their value okay um, so that's my theory. I don't know anything except for that. That that, that you know, that's what funny that sounds is like. You to always me. seem to, though. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, for a you guy know who know, doesn't know anything, you know, like a I listen. Amount. My whole time on Earth, I spend listening to things and recognize repeated patterns in life. And when you hear people say things, there's 
It's true. You are old, so like a lot of I'm patterns. Very old. Seen I've seen all. things happen over and over again. And there's the fact that they can't build a practice facility, and it sounds like he wants to. They could easily take away fifty parking spots and just build one on the back of, of Ball Arena if this was a real true thing that mm. they wanted to get done. But then you have to be like, why would they not want to get that done? Other than the money, which is not really a factor in their world, because they are also real estate mavens. You know Wait, that so they could turn investment. that. Yeah. You know that if they wanted to make it a real estate thing, they could easily put like a club in the bottom or a bar at the top or some other way to like monetize that outside of it just being the practice facility. The fact that they have not done it tells me that they are waiting something out. Okay, let's move our eyes forward as we did at so, at some points in that press conference. We'll talk about Josh's perspective on the Nuggets now, Dev, and the Calvin Booth era. He did say that he's talked to Malone, Jamal, Jokic since all of this. Feels good to go. Everyone everyone agrees. The goal hasn't changed. Everyone's on the same page. Um, what are your thoughts on, on, on his comments and his current perspective on where the team is at, what they need to do? Um, I mean, he he didn't straight up say like they're ready to like the, to close the door and then move on into a new direction. But um, again, it continues every single time you hear about Calvin Booth, you hear about the word aggressive and um, a person who is not afraid to make those tough decisions. So really, that has to be his pitch or that had to be the biggest thing going for Calvin Booth where he was the one that was making those uh, tough ones or at least making his voice heard. So. You do have to know that there are going to be changes and fans have to be ready for that and okay with that because that is coming. He talks about very tough decisions. Um, Gronke also went on and said something, especially when talking about the, the luxury tax of, um, and it was so subtle how he said it, but he, he made a comment of this exact team right now, how constructed is not a championship team. And then he went around that. But that was a comment that was made, which it stood out to me. Like, Do you think really... he just meant that the guys were like health or? So and, and he went on to actually did, like speak about that later where he said uh, when this team is fully healthy, I do feel like this is a championship okay. um, caliber team. But when you have when you've already discussed the aggression and you've you've us uh, uh, the, the fact that Kevin Booth is going to make changes. And then you say, like, there is going to be something that's done. You have to know that he is going to use him, and that's going to be what he's there for. So you, I would expect some some shakeup. Eric, Josh also said it's championship or bust right now. And yep. I think that's the first time I've heard those words echoing well, around this hallway. To be fair, that you haven't heard from him ever. No, he, that's still <laughs> him know. talking. That he's the first yeah, time yeah. he's heard those comments in the hallway. Oh, gotcha. That's, I mean... Yeah, we've been in build mode, um, and now we're to the point where we've built it, and now we now it's time. Like, okay, cool. Um, if you're not skipping steps, if you're building things the right way, you're ultimately building towards something. Like now is the time we like we have now gotten to the place where we're no longer talking about being plucky and uh, you know like making the right moves and finding that superstar, building that core. We have that. Check, check, check. Like now, if you're not we find out how serious you actually are, you know, like it's been fun. We've been, things have been going well. Right. Um, it's been really impressive to see, but at a certain point, like if you're not, if you're not serious about getting to the next level, like we're wasting everyone's time. Sure. And step one, let your president walk. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. He also talked about uh, Calvin Booth, whom he said, look, he's worked under who's now the head of the bulls and now the Timberwolves. 
he was sought after. There were multiple interviews for Calvin before he settled in in, in Denver. So this is a, a coveted guy, a guy that they believe in. They're not going to say anything else right now. But I also truly get that sense. Dev, also, the Nuggets announced today on social media, briefly and then deleted, that Calvin is going to get the president of basketball operations title. But we were told by PR before we left that is actually not true, at least not yet. As of right now, Calvin Booth is the head decision maker, but his title is GM. Do you have any reaction to that? I feel like you have to say those things just because you want to like cover your yourself um, in every way. But also, um, it goes to show that there still hasn't been anything that has been done since then. And we're already coming off of uh, Tim Connolly type of decision. So it was great that Connolly, I'm sorry, that Kroenke actually did go on and say um, that in the near future, they are going to make that push or they're going to make that change and there's going to be conversations. He went on to talk about, you know, the fact that he had COVID and, um, you know, the team hasn't been bouncing around. He also wanted to make sure that we all knew that Calvin Booth is still working. He's working hard and right. he's not, you know, Scouting he's right in now. a gym right yeah. now trying to find the next thing. So it just has not worked out um, and things like that. But also what he went on to, he made sure to let it be known that Calvin Booth being a NBA, former NBA player was like a, a big difference um, for the organization as well. They have a, a basketball, not only a basketball mind, but a former basketball player who's going to look at it in a lot of different ways. Um, so I feel like he did uh, endorse and back Calvin Booth on, um, intangibles that he has that Connolly did not have. Yeah. There was a question about Calvin's financial instability and if, you know, would that contract be upgraded at all, whether that's an upgrade in title or, or you know, or length. And, and Josh did, as, as Dev just alluded to, sort of answer that in vague terms, but he did say we may have an announcement coming up for you. And of course, there was that tweeted and deleted tweet. Maybe they are planning on upgrading him to, to uh, promoting him to president. The reason I care, Eric, is because I do think these titles are more closely tied to pay structure than yes. anything else. So until Calvin gets that pay bump, my read on this is, oh, you're just comfortable underpaying another guy at the GM spot, right. you know? So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the Pobo... President of Basketball or, or, or Operations felt almost like a made-up title to me. It was Tim achieved that when he was almost poached by the Wizards. To that point, like there wasn't a president of Basketball or, Operations before t Tim Connolly. Uh, I don't know when the last time there was one, or even if there ever was one before that at all. Like having just the GM as the title for Tim was sufficient for the number of years right. to be able to run right. the team he was the head decision maker yes. in both titles yes and i don't i mean i don't feel that like calvin booth deserves to suddenly be promoted to president first off it's it's again like kind of a made-up title like, who cares like um my concern is just are they, are, they, enough? are they just gonna do this again yeah i don't mind though like if from from josh Kroenke's point of view like what has calvin booth done at this point to I mean, it's sure. Which sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be argued from the other side, like, okay, so then is this your guy or not? Right. right like, right. 
if this is just like a default move because you've not had time to we're think about, about it. We're talking about leaving side doors open. If we're, yes, like, do you believe in this guy? If you believe in this guy, let make a a gesture to the world and to him and to us that this is not just like, well, okay, we're just kind of kind of let right. things play out. We'll see if it's good. We'll see if it's bad. I don't know. Like, right. And again, an announcement may be on the way in the pipeline, but for now, as what you need to know for now, Calvin Booth is that head decision maker in the GM spot. Dev, ultimately, did you hear enough today? Do you feel encouraged, discouraged? Do you feel differently about the Denver Nuggets after listening to Josh Conkey speak? I feel about the same. Um, just like questions, which is interesting because we were there to ask questions. <laughs> like I really do. No, I, I feel like do it. <laughs> I feel like we I, we already came in with like the like uh, the notion like predetermined of like this is what he's going to say we already knew like he had the cliche talk he he didn't like really give you an answer that like threw you off or like oh that's something that i didn't think about like i feel like everything that he said today was actually there i also think that it was more so about the media um today than yeah. it was cronky of them getting off questions yep. and 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 having questions that you know fans nuggets fans uh, around the world want to hear yep. and at least on the spot here and see how he feels um so i think that there are people that came out of that and they were like okay at least he did answer them and also there was some very tough questions to be answered but also i think there's people that are like i didn't find anything new out right. and i'm along that ones there was nothing new from the conference that i was just like oh okay like that makes sense or i right. feel way more confident i think the best thing that he said was I talked to Jamal Murray, I talked to Jokic, yeah. and they're yeah. okay with Calvin Booth, and they're ready to move forward. Goal hasn't changed, championship or bust. Yeah. Let's keep it locked in. That's that's the encouraging stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. Josh, oh, man, this whole thing. Super cool. <laughs> like, Well, to, to me, like to, the, the purpose of today was it to be a cathartic release for people that are frustrated with Josh Kroenke. Like, at a certain point, like, if you are – the guy like you have to show your face and you have to get yelled at you know like you yeah. have to you have to feel the frustration i'm glad he people. did that at least that's what i mean yeah like, I, I i don't think we, the answers were great but. no like listen we everything that i've heard as dev says like this is not new information we look at this team we study this team we are very acutely aligned with what's going on uh with the team so i i can't imagine a new answer like we we hypothesize all of this and it's like not that hard to sort of like understand what's happening there so like it, it's nice to hear confirmation just from that standpoint yeah. but like really today was just about like yo you hurt us and now we you need to get hurt like that's kind of like that's yeah. the fan thing like you need to understand how frustrated people are with this and how much passion we have put towards the Denver Nuggets and we need to understand that it is being returned in right. time that's, that's it it's a great point that's a great point. I think the one question I still have, which I don't think we could have just asked him explicitly, maybe we could have. I honestly don't know how I would, how we would get the best answer, but to what extent is Josh in charge? To what extent were these his choices? Um, if it, they were entirely his choices, would things have gone differently? I don't think these are things he can talk about transparently, and so that makes it tough. Sure. One answer I do have, whether this bears fruit, whether this matters, because you guys know I'm not a huge fan of this ownership, I do think Josh is taking this personally, as I said earlier, a yeah. lot of this, which I do think implies that he cares about this in yes. maybe a more hands-on way yes. uh, than his father does. 
But again, what does that mean if his father's the one making the decision? So some questions still in the air. We appreciate you hanging with us. Uh, you got the details. You have our reactions. It aired on Altitude. I think it's going to re-air later tonight. I encourage you to watch it and draw your own reactions. We gave you the details, but you can make your own reads. We don't want to just tell you how to feel. I do. What I said was right. So check that out. Hopefully next week, I think Adam and Harrison are back. We might continue this discussion a little more, as I'm sure the fellas will want to bite into this. But we appreciate you tuning in today. Hope you get, hope you got what you needed out of it. And uh, enjoy your weekends. It's Friday, baby. And again, listen, sky's not falling. This is a this no, is, no. This is not. This is not great. This doesn't feel great. And the problem is, we don't have basketball to turn to. We only have the business of basketball to focus on and watch other teams still playing. Right. And so it feels like we're in a very hopeless place. The Nuggets are not who we think they are. The Avalanche are doing well. The sky is not falling. We have Nikola Jokic, who's yeah. a top human being, and uh, with that, all things are possible. Our t our tone will change, but people have to be held accountable. All right, we're out of here. Enjoy your weekends. We will talk to you guys on Monday. Let's go. Brrr.